0: You know what I want? <laughs> I want to talk to you. Hey, that's uh that's pretty good. 115 to 110, the Raptors win at Scotiabank Arena, 115 to 110 against the New Orleans Pelicans. Who, That's a pretty good team. Uh, Zion Williamson, not playing this game. For the Raptors, Fred Van Vliet, not playing in this game. Not there for personal reasons. We found out shortly before tip-off when he wasn't in the starting lineup. I guess we found out a little bit before then. And um, still don't know why. Hope everything's good over there. But the Raptors, 115 to 110 one of the most fun games that I've been in attendance for the season, there's only, I only get to go to half the games, right? Because there's only, you only have half of them at home, but this one, the crowd was in, into it. It was Caribbean heritage night, which man, the performances were awesome. They brought us free doubles on press row. It tasted so good. It was almost as good as the game itself. Um, the celebration of Caribbean culture. It was awesome. Uh, Scotty Barnes asked about it uh, afterwards. He, he also said that he really enjoyed it too. So I, I think that it was it was like a really great celebration. Um, the team, obviously, well, it's a huge part of the city, huge part of the culture here. And so that was awesome. Uh, just from that point of view, even being at the game, um, the performances, the aesthetics, um, it was just yeah, great. And the, And the basketball was really good too. 115-110. The Raptors, they were more in control of this game than that even lets up. They, they did a pretty good job of limiting, I would say, uh, the Pelicans of getting to the rim. They did a really good job of funneling them into the mid-range. And while they did give up a decent amount of corner threes once again in this game, uh, they allowed a pretty good percentage. I think it was they made 18% Of their corner threes, the Raptors closeouts to the corner were pretty good in this game as far as forcing the ball out of there. The only thing was the transition threes for the Raptors. The Pelicans hit a bunch of them and they shot basically, I think 58, 60% on their uh, above the break threes and most of those coming in transition. So that was what the Raptors had a hard time keeping a cap on. That's what allowed the Pelicans to kind of come along and especially late in the game. Brandon Ingram. His pull-up shooting was just on a level. And he shook OG a couple times. Everybody talked about it afterwards. OG missed almost a month of basketball. He has to get back into the swing of things. The Raptors have to get this going. But from Pirtle to Siakam, Barnes, OG, Trent, Boucher with like an almost Julius Irving dunk. He, he was like a foot and a half off the free throw line on that dunk. Precious, Jeff Don Jr. with his best stretch as a Raptor, I think. So much, there's just a lot in this game to like this, and you know, it's a little bit into it, but this is the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, Samson Folk, and it is, of course, brought to you by Goldfinger Law. And hey, you know why you go with Goldfinger Law? Because if you don't win, you don't pay. That's right, you only pay if you win, which is obviously a huge benefit. I, I don't even really have to spell out the reasons why it's, it's kind of, it's, it's inherent when you hear it, you're like, Oh, that's it. That's a good deal. If you're interested, 416-730-1777. Okay. This game was very interesting because the Raptors, yes, they limited the rim attempts for the Pelicans. The Raptors off the start of this game made their money on the defensive end, found what they needed to throughout the game offensively for really punchy performances, but. In the end, even though it's 115 and 110, I think it was their defense that did it for them. It was very nice to see that the Raptors scored late on the Pascal Fred play, except put Gary there instead of Fred. It's the, the 4 1 pick and roll, except it's a ghost screen, right? And Pascal initially turned it away because CJ covered pretty well on Gary. They managed not to switch, but Pascal kept pressing his drive until he drew a double or at least a stunt, you know, a rotation, a dig, something like that. You know, it, it depends really on how you read that play, but it created an open look for Gary. He hits the three. That was nice to see, but otherwise, the late scoring, there's a reason Yaku Pertl at 10 points in the fourth quarter was the Raptors' top scorer there. They were bumping and grinding their way there. It wasn't easy. It wasn't, um, it wasn't beautiful or anything like that. The Raptors' best offensive quarter, I think, was the third quarter. And they were obviously buoyed in that one with Pascal shooting five of five from the field, six of six from the free throw line and 17 points in that quarter. I mean, it was awesome. So the offensive stuff, I asked Nick about this before the game and he kind of, he re- he rejected it. I asked him about how you kind of design offense around their their current front court, which is I didn't include OG in it because I don't think OG is their front court currently, but I said Scotty, Pascal, and Jakob that they are, um, relative to other, the big three players, the front courts of uh, of NBA teams, they're not like great shooters, but they might be the best passing three in the NBA. I I, I framed it a little bit more eloquently. I The subway was shut down, man. I'm recording this so late. I went to go home. The lady, the subway, she's like, it's shut down. I had to start busing from downtown out to Rexdale. I had to figure my way out. Anyway, I'm not very eloquent right now. My apologies. But I asked Nurse about this, overcoming their shooting limitations and maybe how they lean on the elite passing of those three to get around it. And he kind of dismissed this. He said, like, well, you know, OG's a 40% shooter, Pascal's mid-30s, Scotty's a 36% catch-and-shoot guy. The thing is, Scotty, I I didn't want to correct Nurse because he knows so much more than me. But Scotty's a thirty-two percent catch and shoot guy. Yes, uh, Siakam is creeping up closer to the mid thirties, but he's not quite there yet. He was one of five from three tonight. OG, who has definitely a reputation as a good shooter and deserves to have it, in the fluctuation of his roles. He's been a guy who's been closer to 35, 36% the last couple of years. And Jakob is just, he's not going to shoot threes. They don't shoot the threes well. That came up tonight because it, like, of course it did. I mean, and even with Scotty shooting two of four, those were his first two makes of the game. The Raptors in this game, they went nine of 31 from downtown. This team is not shooting the ball well with this starting lineup. And they had to overcome that. That's why it was... Gross, that's why it was nasty down the stretch, but they had size. They had size, and Jakob, they um, they, they bring Nance out, the Pelicans, because they want to blitz Siakam on the pick and roll, make it more difficult for him. They did. Uh, he, he had trouble down the stretch. But what happened then is since they stayed big, and I love that, I love that they stayed big, Jakob gets to go to work on the offensive glass. He gets to keep rolling to the rim. He has advantage, advantage, advantage down there. He scores 10 points in the fourth quarter. He's the reason why the Raptors are able to close this game out. And also, the Pelicans, as they made their charge back into this game, they scored 30-plus in the fourth quarter. The Raptors scored 22 or 23. We're looking at a team that, truthfully, they were forced to get back into this game via jump shots mostly, and Ingram, some really tough ones. Retreading this point, but Pirtle is is largely the reason for that. And and OG, we talked about it a bit, but the Raptors they're not playing Fred. The smallest guy on the floor is Gary Trent Jr. They're big everywhere. What this kind of does, you know, the the (laughs) the benefits are quite obvious with this. They're big in a lot of places on the floor, and as a result, they're going to gum up more passing lanes, and they're going to make teams feel they're going to ball pressure. Jakob talked about this after the game too, how it's so much different to play for these Raptors relative to the Spurs because of how much ball pressure he's asked to provide. And he kept using the term like almost bad defense, bad positioning, but you just have to trust in guys to get back. And the Raptors want to put ball pressure. They want the ball to be airborne. They want to have chances to steal it. They did a pretty good job in a lot of cases in keeping the play in front of them. And that was Jakob. And a really great job from guys like OG, Pascal, Scotty, and Gary getting in passing lanes and also knowing when they had Jakob as a backstop so that they could be a little bit more heady or early on rotations off ball and stuff like that, or even on ball to off ball rotations. We're talking nexting, peel switching, stuff like that. And the Raptors, defensively, they found a way, even though the shooting was really impressive by the Pelicans down the stretch. Um, but that offense, it did, it did get a little bit nasty. Without Siakam's like, absolute star turn um, in, in that third quarter, I mean, 17 points on 100% shooting from everywhere is obviously going to be a boon. And the Raptors, I mean, still, with that said, like, the Raptors won that quarter 38 to 32, but they won the first two quarters 23 to 19 and 31 to 26. That was with defense. And and a really good job, this is a good time to bring up Boucher, Achua, and Jeff Doughton Jr. I think they were fantastic defensively. They didn't all end up in the pluses. I think Jeff Doughton was a, a minus one, Precious a plus four, Chris Boucher a plus one. But you'll get nine and eight from Boucher, nine points, eight rebounds. Precious, six points, six rebounds. Jeff Doughton Jr., five points, one board, three assists all these guys have signature plays from this game delton being able to turn the corner a little bit creating like a nice ball reversal in the pick and roll to create a three og's only three of the night i believe also jeff Don hitting a corner three el jefe more of that 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 will make your transition into a backup guard on this team a lot easier for you i know he's in the gym working on it precious the defense is obvious i mean the the ground coverage is there the ability to stick with guys really is there, and he helps out on the glass a ton. Boucher, you saw him flying all around the court tonight, and there's a reason he played the most minutes off the bench in this one. His energy was electric. That that sequence to end the third quarter, where it was the dunk from, like, what, a foot and a half inside the free throw line goes up. After the game, he comes up to Amit man, and he points at him. He's like, I got you, because apparently – you know they they've been talking about getting some highlights up on the Yahoo Sports page, something like that. And um, it's a highlight, all right. the The NBA they posted about it. Everybody was posting about it. They're like, oh my God, he took off from where? It was absurd. It was it was incredible. And then the ball comes back down, and he blocks a three pointer. We go into the fourth quarter. Uh, he was he was just up and down the floor all night. He was really great. OG. If to focus in on him, the defense was really strong for the first, the first however long of the game, especially the start of the game. I feel like at 32 minutes, that conditioning, he was starting to feel a little bit, he hasn't played in a month. Um, Offensively, he, he struggled. The shot wasn't there. And this is a team that, as we talked about, is going to lean heavily on him for shots. He's not making his threes. He gets a charge on, you know, one of his drives to the rim. Teams are saying, like, make the jumper or we're going to camp out in the lane and wait for you to get an offensive foul. He has to diversify. This wasn't the game for him to diversify because he couldn't hit his shots. It was tough. But OG is undeniably very positive. He'll get back into the swing of things. And he still managed to be a positive in this game despite not having his best one. Um, I thought that was great. He He had this one steal it's just incredible that well actually there was one play precious i think i think man was it ingram he tracked back against and blocked them at the rim they go up the other way boucher dumps it off to og huge dunk in transition but og was guarding a pin down and this is the thing about being really strong in basketball is it's not just these rote possessions where it's like bang bang in the post it's you're you feel strength everywhere everyone who's played basketball understand what it was like coming off of a screen when the person guarding you wasn't strong, and how you could create that seal really easily. If you've played against somebody who was really strong, stronger than you, but also didn't sacrifice anything in terms of mobility, if you try to come off a screen, they're squeezing in there. They're changing your route, and they're doing it legally, like legal defense. It's not, it's not a foul. And OG comes off this pin down like it was meant for him. Like, he was the guy who was supposed to be catching the ball. And he does, goes up the other end, bucket. Just, like, awesome defense. He's, even if it's not his best game, he's going to have a few of those. Scotty, who oh my days. He, he had this, um, well, two really impressive plays. One was kind of in pseudo-transition where he just went right at Jonas Valanciunas and you know like was kind of crab dribbling used an awkward step and went up and adjusted at the rim but the one before that they they ran a pick and roll he goes out to his right hand it wasn't quite a smitty almost doesn't seem like a hezzy because it was so slow and drawn out and it involved like a scissor step as well but he got jv to step out i can't remember who was guarding maybe it's herbert jones jv steps out and that hezy had jv starting to go back he put his throw ahead dribble. Scotty's coming baseline. They can't cut him off. Both guys are rotating from the side. Nobody's guarding the basket. He goes under, reverse dunk. It's just really nice basketball. And some really slick passes from Scotty in this game as well. I and Steals too. I want to talk about Scotty. He impresses me a lot because it he has the hardest job now, I think. You know, Pascal nurse said he wants these guys shooting more threes pascal goes one for five he clearly he hears nurse on this Nurse has they've talked about it in the locker room all this kind of stuff pascal needs to get up threes it's just necessary for the way the team is made up he's a better shooter than scotty is scotty doesn't get the same amount of possessions to kind of work into himself and his game as pascal does and rightfully so but that doesn't mean that it's easy on Scotty. And Scotty also is a guy who is being asked to shoot threes and doesn't get to play in as much space as maybe he normally would in other contexts. And so this context currently is asking Scotty to be uber creative and uber diligent in how he hunts for his own offense because he's not being given as much time. The fact that he can come out here and give you 18 points on 13 shots, very impressive because... It's not easy to implement yourself in games like this where the spacing is strange. If you're not the shooter and you're also not the guy who gets a ton of screens and you're not like super great at just beating guys off the bounce, how do you you know, make sure that your own offense is looked after? It's not inherent. It's tough. You have to look. You have to be like really mindful. You have to do a lot of stuff. And he figured it out because Scotty a lot of the time figures it out. Um, I, I do, he starts at point guard tonight. He did a good job of moving the ball up the floor, getting the pace going, but the restrictions of the Raptor spacing were felt by everybody. Scotty doesn't alleviate that totally, but I think he did like a really commendable job of trying to figure out how he fits in. And and that's something that I'm always pretty impressed with Scotty about. I'm very interested to see what the rest of his season looks like, considering the Raptors roster makeup, because they're much better at a lot of things. Most importantly, the defense, just way better. This team, this Pelicans team, they are scoring probably like in the 120s if Pirtle's not here, you know? That, that's probably what we're looking at. And, and that's without Zion even, right? With Zion, who knows where they get, this is a great team. But the Raptors, they improved immensely, but it also, it puts Scotty in this position where it's like improve rapidly at these things that you're not necessarily very good at and also still be great at all the things you're great at. It's, and, and he just takes you on the chin, man. And he's just trucking ahead. Also, Pascal, a couple nice reads to Jakob in this game. Well done for that. But also, you know, some missed reads. It's not just, Fred is a more willing passer in the pick and roll than Pascal is. He should be. He should be much better at it because he's had infinite more possessions. Pascal is obviously a better offensive engine than Fred. But Pascal, he has to get used to having a big target like Pirtle on the roll and being a little bit more willing to look at getting the guy, the ball there. I'm interested to track how that goes going forward because it's he's going to have more options, more opportunities to throw that ball in, not even necessarily pocket pass. Like you just go overhead, boom, zing it right to him. Um, maybe even work on, on some lobs. Ah, actually, I don't know. Pirtle's not really that type of guy. He's not going to go up and get it. He's going to get it on the run, use his steps properly, a dribble if he has to, and he's going to finish at the bucket. But yeah, lobs really aren't his thing. But Pascal has to be a little bit more diligent in looking. He was still you know, 26, 4, and 5. He still drove the Raptors offensively. And even when he wasn't hitting his shots, he was still compromising the defense so that offensive rebounds were there. This sounds like... <laughs> the Kobe ideology, right? It's like, Kobe, if he drew the defenders, knew that if he put the ball up, Gasol or Bynum were going to go up and get it, which there's some wisdom to that. But there's sometimes there's also passes to make. Pascal missed some passes, but he's still undoubtedly the guy who drove the Raptors forward in this game. But also Pirtle, 21 and 18. Just like a fun performance. I'm, you know, I'm kind of all over the place on this podcast, but... um, Hopefully there's enough nuggets of, of wisdom that people enjoy listening to it. I, I thoroughly enjoyed this performance. I thought it was awesome. You know, I, this team is going to be in the playoffs. I like the playoffs. I love covering playoff basketball. And those guys want to be in the playoffs too. And um, this is a team that will be good enough to make the run to get there. Look forward to it. We've got 22 games left now. The Raptors, they're in the hunt, man. Who knows how high they climb but uh now at what i guess they're 29 and 31. they um they have some ways to go a ways to go brooklyn new york they're a decent chunk ahead but the raptors i think are definitely a better team than both of them now um top cooker action oh reggie evans award <laughs> that's jacob you give me 21 and 18 just the 18 actually you're getting reggie evans award He was, he was an absolute factor on the boards, massive. So that was great to see. Top cookie action comment is from moderate underscore observer, quote. So that's what centers do, end quote. Oh baby, isn't it? People who listen to this podcast, my, or read my work, whichever, they will know I have been railing on about getting... A center about how this team needs that presence that the Raptors have been ignoring and maybe not ignoring. I, I got some pushback on this and I will um, couch uh, some additional thing. The Raptors technically have been involved in talks about centers for some time. They didn't pull the trigger on anybody for a year and a half and they went to war in the front court, undersized with guys who were playing heavy minutes getting banged around, and they couldn't defend the rim. And that completely fell apart this year, completely. They managed to hold it up for about a three-month stretch at the end of last season. From January to the end of the season, they were the fourth-ranked defense. And they were meeting the ball really high on rotations. They were so quick in coverage and the gang rebounding and like just working together. But this team, they didn't have it for a full season back then. They, They had a month. Of basketball last season where they were the worst defense in basketball for the same reasons that we saw them being a bad defense this season and you don't have to worry about like that just unbelievable amount of effort coming out to make this defense tenable now because pertle completely changes the fabric of how you're able to defend. And also you see the massive impact he's able to have as an offensive rebounder and as a roller on offense. And there will be tons of games where he's really interesting as a playmaker and stuff like that. The Raptors got much better by getting a center and helping their guys out. Moderate observer, thank you for the moderate observation. (laughs) Listener, uh, thank you for listening. If If you're listening on YouTube, watching on YouTube, like the video, I see you. Like it, uh, subscribe to the channel. Uh, the most important one: subscribe to RaptorsRepublic dot com if you want to read my work, Lewis Asman's work. Uh, that's the way to do it. Otherwise, you won't be able to read it. And I think my written work and Lewis's written work is is really great. It's worth it. Um, and if you're listening on the podcast channel, thanks for letting me chop it up with you. Truly, thank you. Um Let's enjoy the rest of the season. Thank you for listening, and whether you got into this in the morning or at night. Have a blessed day and goodbye.